I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Editing Podcast. So Denise, tell everyone what we're going to be talking about this week. Okay, Louise. So (laughs) (laughs) this week, we're going to give you some tips about choosing a name for your editing or proofreading business. That's right. So we have a six step framework and a case study to help you on the right path. Now, the first thing we want to make clear is that deciding what to call your editing and proofreading business is part of a branding process, specifically your brand identity. Yeah, absolutely. So the approach you take needs to be framed by what kind of impression you want your potential clients to have of you when they see that name. And the first step is to brainstorm a list of possible business names. Let your imagination fly, put your silly hat on, and then your serious one, and then your smarty pants one. Anything goes at this point. This is just all about you and what floats your boat. There is no right or wrong, just ideas. So we've decided to create an imaginary editor to help us illustrate this. So our fiction, our fictive person is a new proofreader called Ramesh Ranganathan. Because, <laughs> well, why not? We why both not? love the real Ramesh Ranganathan because he's one of the funniest people on the planet. Yeah. But let's pretend we're in another universe where Ramesh became a proofreader rather than a comedian. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> it would be too funny. So anyway... <laughs> Ramesh is trying to decide on a business name and comes up with the following ideas. Ramesh Ranganathan, Academic Proofreading Services. Ramesh Ranganathan, Editorial. Bulletproof Editorial. And the last one, Kama Sutra. (laughs) (laughs) Then he adds to that list, Foolproof Editorial Services, Norfolk Editorial, Perfect Prose and Responsible Editing. Next, Ramesh is going to identify his target clients. So this is important because if he doesn't know who he wants to work for, he can't create a message that compels them via his business name, his mission statement, his elevator pitch and his web copy or any other marketing materials. And if he doesn't have a compelling message, why would anyone want to choose him over any one of the tens of thousands of colleagues who are also offering editing services? I'll edit and proofread anything for anyone isn't a standout proposition. Ramesh needs to do better. He really does. He really does. (laughs) And that's why even if an editor is prepared to be something of a generalist, we both recommend talking like a specialist when communicating with different client groups. On our websites, that means giving visitors signals so that they can navigate to specialist messaging on different pages that solve specific problems. And some people know who they want to work for right from the get-go. Others have no clue. And yet others think they know who they want to work with, but seven years down the line, discover that they've completely shifted their client base. Mm. Mm, But we'll chat about that later. Mm, That is a good point. (laughs) For now, though, let's imagine that our Ramesh thinks his editorial training, educational background and former career make him best suited to academic publishers, students, and independent academics. 
So the next step is to think about core brand values. So what is a brand? A brand can loosely be defined as what others think about us, external perceptions. And a brand identity is the distinctive business persona we present that nudges target clients to notice the things that we want them to notice. It's what allows us to influence those external perceptions. Brand values are the essence of our brand identity and they represent the kind of editorial professional we want to be seen as, the things we stand for, what we're passionate about, what makes us tick and why we are different. And so our business name, photographs, colour palette, web copy and marketing materials should reflect our brand values so that the clients we'd most love to work with will most love to work with us. So let's imagine that Ramesh has identified the following brand values that he wishes to convey at every touch point of his business. So the first brand value is the editorial professor. This reflects his desire to proofread knowledgeably and respectfully. His second brand value is the green editor. This reflects his commitment to environmental sustainability and socially responsible ethical business practice. And his third brand value is the globalist. This reflects his passion for working with people whose first language isn't English. Now, let's put this to one side and think about serving the client. In this step, Romesh, is it Romesh or is it Romesh? Romesh. Did I say Romesh there? That's like Romesh, kind of like Rome, but not. I think because of your accent, it came across as fine. Did it? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry that was a complete sidebar there yeah well you know it was I nice didn't to do, didn't want to do him a disservice by pronouncing no. his name incorrectly I, <laughs> so I just had a complete blank about it poor Ramesh poor Ramesh okay anyway in this step Ramesh revisits his list of business name ideas and thinks about whether they're appropriate for his target client groups academic publishers students and independent academics So he asks himself some questions. First, do the business names tell the target client what he's offering? If people find him online, they're likely to be deciding in seconds whether he can solve their problems and therefore whether he's worth investigating further. Second, is the name available? Mm. If similarly named existing services are out there, clients could become confused about who's who. As for Romish's competitors, they're less likely to be confused and more likely to be furious that this newbie is diluting their carefully developed brand identity. Exactly. And the third question is, will the name be findable by clients who are searching online for someone who can solve their problems? So the names that best reflect exactly what he's offering are Ramesh Ranganathan Academic Proofreading Services, uh, uh, Ramesh Ranganathan Editorial and Responsible Editing. Mm. Now, Bulletproof Editorial, Foolproof Editorial Services and Norfolk Editorial are next in line, although they're less specific. The name Kama Sutra alludes to sentence level editing work and some will think it's amusing. However, Ramesh might wonder whether some of his clients who don't have English as a first language will get the joke or whether they'll bypass him. And with Foolproof Editorial Service, there's a problem. There's an existing established business called Foolproof Professional Proofreading Solutions. 
Yeah, and Kama Sutra and Perfect Prose give him um, cause for concern regarding their searchability. It's likely that the words proofreading or editing or editorial will be searched for by potential clients. It's far less likely that someone will search for Kama Sutra. They might search for something similar, similar. to that. But, um, <laughs> Uh, and it's far less likely that somebody will search for perfect prose if they need proofreading, proofreading assistance, mm -hmm. although those names are distinctive. However, Norfolk Editorial might be great for being found in the search engines by local clients. Mm, yeah. So Ramesh decides to remove Kama Sutra, foolproof editorial services and perfect prose from the list of contenders. And now he turns to the branding issue. In this step, he revisits his list of remaining business name ideas and asks himself a few more questions. First, are the remaining business names distinctive? After all, branding is about showing potential clients those things that set us apart from other editors, not what makes us look like every other editor. Then he asks himself whether they reflect his brand values, editorial professor, green editor and globalist. So thinking about the names, Ramesh Ranganathan is more distinctive than, say, John Smith, at least in the West. And that mm -hmm. means that Ramesh Ranganathan Academic Proofreading Services and Ramesh Ranganathan Editorial would work. However, his name might be misspelled. Is this something he mm -hmm. needs to worry about if people are searching for him by name? Oh, it could mm -hmm. be an issue if he's referring to someone, um, referring to someone to his website by phone or if in a word of mouth lead is trying to find him. So I did a test of this with my own name um, because my name's frequently misspelled, my surname. <laughs> I misspelled my name and typed Louise Harvey, editor, and Lou Lewis Hornby, proofreader, <laughs> into the search engines. And I still found myself. <laughs> and there's the thing. Neither of us are convinced that tricky to spell names are as problematic as we might think. So back to yep. Ramesh. Bulletproof editorial is at odds with the sentiment of a green editor brand value, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> that brand value seeks to nudge potential clients towards thinking of Ramesh as compassionate, respectful, broad-minded, ethical, warm, someone who can see the bigger picture. And the word bullet might bring to mind thoughts of violence and death and harm and brutality. It's a potentially negative nudge rather than one that evokes the, of the kind of positivity that he's looking for. A Norfolk editorial, while potentially clickbaity for local searches, doesn't sit so well with the globalist brand value. Ramesh is happy to work with local clients, but he can't build a sustainable business on that alone. However, responsible editing has a definite, though subtle, nod to the green editor brand value. So Ramesh decides to remove Bulletproof Editorial and Norfolk Editorial from the list of contenders, leaving him with... Ramesh Ranganathan Academic Proofreading Services, Ramesh Ranganathan Editorial, and Responsible Editing. Now he thinks ahead. So the issue here is this. Can any of us be absolutely sure that what we want to do now is what we want to do in the years ahead? Choosing a business name requires us to think ahead, but also to be true to who we are and what we're offering at the present time. So this is the thing we wanted to come back to, because I'm a good example of someone who fell into this trap. When I set up my business in 2005, I was a dedicated proofreader who specialised in working for social science publishers. If you told me back then that by now I'd be specialising not only in fiction, not only in line editing fiction, and not only in line editing fiction 
for, for indie fiction authors, but specifically for crime, mystery and thriller writers, I'd have been a tad surprised. But that's exactly what happened. My original business name was Louise Harvey Proofreader and my URL was, my URL was and still is www.louiseharveyproofreader.com. But my business name now is Louise Harvey Fiction Editor and Proofreader. So the interesting thing here is whether that impacted on your findability in the search engines. Because mm. Google search is a tricky beast and shifts the goalposts often in a bid to thwart those who use black hat SEO techniques rather than genuine attempts to be interesting and discoverable online. Yeah, unfortunately, websites are more than names and visibility in Google requires more than just worrying about keywords in a name. Mm -hmm. It's more likely that any name change to a site whose URL remains the same will not be hampered if the site is full of great content. However, why go through the hassle? Because mm. I did have a few small kittens over this issue when I first changed the name. Um, I just think to anybody listening to this, instead, do yourself a favour and think about this stuff and cover your bases early. Yeah, exactly. So back to our case study. Ramesh Ranganathan Academic Proofreading Services and Ramesh Ranganathan Editorial are both SEO friendly. Ramesh Ranganathan Editorial and Responsible Editing are both flexible and we reckon that all three are true to his business's brand identity in different ways. But only two of those will stand the test of time if Ramesh decides to change his editing focus. That's right. So what's right for you? Ramesh's brand identity and your brand identity won't be the same because you and Ramesh are individuals, each with your own businesses, ideal clients, goals, hopes, dreams and passions. The decisions you make will therefore be different to the ones Ramesh makes. And that's fine. Will there be a perfect solution? Unlikely. There'll be choices to be made and you might decide it would be to your advantage to have a short name rather than a long one. You might choose a little SEO clickbait over humour. You might choose a punny name over a more straightforward business name. Or you might opt for flexibility over specificity. You may choose memorability at the expense of spellability. And you might even elect to incorporate the essence of your political or social values. What's important is that you choose a business name that you feel comfortable with, one that reflects your brand identity and nudges your ideal clients towards an awareness of the kind of editor you are and why you'll be a great fit with them, one that alludes to what you do. It's likely your choice won't be clear cut. Try not to get bogged down by that. Business names alone will not make you visible or discoverable. The compromises you make can be offset by other business promotion activities that strengthen your online presence. Absolutely. That stuff that we like to bang on about so Ooh, much. Oh, don't we? We do. Content. <laughs> and the dig <laughs> And the degree to which your on online presence is one that solves problems. So that's it for this week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can rate, review and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever platform you prefer. Yeah, thanks so much for listening to the editing podcast and us mention content again. <laughs> she's been Denise. And she's been Louise. Join us again soon. Bye. Bye.